This is the Artisan CEO Podcast, Season 4, Episode 2. On this episode, we'll be talking about the S word, selling. It's a topic that makes a lot of artists want to hide, maybe even take a shower. But what if I told you that your prospects actually want you to sell to them? We'll be covering the main hurdles photographers face when it comes to selling and how to finally get over those so you can serve your clients and get paid well for it. Welcome to the Artisan CEO, where the art of photography meets the business of profits. This is where strategy and craftsmanship coexist so that you can run a creative business that supports a life you love. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and I promise to give it to you straight. If you want to talk about feeling icky while selling, I sincerely hope that none of you were on the first webinar I ever taught. I was teaching on the subject of lighting, and this was January of 2016, so I had been a photographer for a solid six to seven years at this point, and this was a free training that I was doing as a lead-in to pitching the first online course I've ever created. That's not new to most of you guys. You go to a webinar, generally, you expect a pitch at the end. So I did the teaching part, totally crushed that, and I had some great response and really good energy from the like 250 plus people who showed up. There were a lot of people in that room. Show up rates were a lot different in 2016 than they are today. And then it came time for the pitch. I sailed through the pitch, everything was going well, and then it came time to tell people how much the course cost, and I totally clammed up. I could see which slide was coming next, and I said, and I quote, and now we're at the pricing part. The awkward part. I hate this part. I could almost hear the facepalm coming from Matt and my business coach, who was also in the virtual room. It was definitely not my smoothest moment, not by far. In that moment, my fear about selling came from deeply rooted insecurity that to sell is to bother someone, that it is an inconvenience, that someone is reluctantly doing me a favor by allowing me to pitch to them. And let's be honest, it's probably founded in truth from like all of those annoying telemarketers that used to call during the dinner hour and all those times that someone showed up on our doorstep to try to sell us bug treatments that we don't want and all the spam that's landed in my Gmail and my physical mailbox in the form of flyers. But that is a very different kind of selling than when you're on a sales call that a client has requested. So let's talk about that. When the product that you're selling solves a problem your client is experiencing, selling is a service, not a sin especially if they have raised their hand and told you, I have a problem and I think you might hold the solution. If they have filled out the contact form on your website, that's a huge hand raise. So why do we get weird about selling to the very people who've asked us to sell to them? It comes down to three major shifts that you need to make in how you're approaching these calls because I guarantee you the selling itself is not the problem. It's how you're thinking about it that makes you feel squeamish and that discomfort can translate into botched pitches and lost sales from people who really want to buy from you. Shift number one, you have got to learn to think the way that your ideal client avatar or your ICA, the way that they think, instead of assuming that they think exactly like you. Case in point, before I left the wedding industry, we were regularly booking collections at between ten dollars and $15,000 for clients with overall wedding budgets in the one dollars to $250,000 range. When we got married in 2011, we had $7,000 for our entire wedding. 
So the way that I thought about budgeting when it came to planning a wedding was way different from how my clients thought about it. And I could have very easily self-sabotage. I actually did self-sabotage a few of my own bookings when I went with my own assumptions about how people spend based off of my own experience. Instead, I had to think about spending the way that they were looking at spending. Understanding who your client is beyond a surface level bio of like, oh, where do they shop and what level of higher education have they completed? That is absolutely crucial. And the best way to do this is to talk to a real person. Maybe it's a past client that you're like, oh, if I could just fill my calendar with more people like them, my life would be a total dream. Maybe it's that or maybe it's a dream client that you've yet to work with or maybe it's someone with deep insight into your dream client. But ask if you can schedule a time to walk through the deeper side of getting to know how they think when it comes to your product and service. When I was, back in my wedding photographer days, I was trying to figure out like why had I sort of maxed myself out at the mid-range budget level. I wanted to jump into the higher budget level, but I just couldn't figure out like what was the problem. So I called up a wedding planner that I knew and was walking through like, here's my pricing and I don't understand, like I think this is probably within budget of like what your clients are looking to spend somewhere and they booking me and she explained she was like abby your pricing is too low like my clients have a budget that's higher than that and they expect to spend within that budget and when they see something that is substantially under that it's not like oh wow what a steal it's hmm i wonder what's missing that she can't charge more than that like we want a photographer at this price range not someone that's substantially below that which was totally different than how i grew up thinking about money which was oh wow i have the opportunity to save x number of dollars done so you have to learn to think I'm not I know I keep using the example of money but like you have to learn to think about the problem the way that your target audience thinks about the problem not necessarily the way that you would think about it Real quick, photographers, are you tired of lather, rinse, and repeating the same tired collection of forgettable photos from one brand session to the next? If you're ready to turn yawn-worthy galleries into the sort of results that thrill your clients and get you both noticed, then you're definitely gonna wanna join me for my free training, The Backstage Secret to Scroll-Stopping Brand Photography. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or you're just getting started out in the world of branding, this session is for you. I'll teach you my number one strategy for crafting stories that resonate with your clients and their audience, which is the biggest secret behind creating galleries that not only look stunning, but also drive engagement and sales for your clients, which, spoiler alert, is what keeps them coming back for additional sessions in the future. Because as brand photographers, purposeful matters more than pretty, but who says you can't have both? Our job is to think like a marketer and shoot like an artist, but you have to have both pieces of that equation and learning to approach with the mindset of a strategist that changes everything. So if you're raring to say goodbye to cliche galleries that simply repeat what's already clogging your Pinterest and social media and hello to a method that drives brand loyalty and real bottom line growth, then head on over to abbygrace.co slash training. That's abbygrace.co slash training. It's time to leave those forgettable, smiling at a laptop photos in the dust in favor of a more tailored approach that's gonna leave your clients obsessed and already planning for their next shoot with you. One more time, that's abbygrace.co slash training. I'll see you in class. 
Some of my best insight into what our clients find valuable have come from conversations with my clients. It was actually really interesting. I had a conversation with um, my client, Wendy of Chair Whimsy. This was probably after her second or third brand shoot. And we were talking about the concept of pricing. And she said that part of the reason she took my offer seriously was because I had priced it seriously. If it had been dirt cheap, then she probably would have been skeptical as to whether it was actually a good investment. And she never had brand photos done before she worked with me. But because my my services were priced professionally and I had the portfolio to back it up, the offer aligned with itself. In talking to real humans, the ones who are most likely to actually pay for the services you're offering, you will find new insights into how they consider making purchases, what drives them, their main concerns or hangups when considering a service like yours. And in those conversations, you're going to be able to begin to use your client's own words to speak those issues back to them to demonstrate that you understand their problem. And as a result, you are qualified to help them fix it. This is my go-to when I am struggling to find a marketing argument for a new course or a sales page. I'll typically send a Vox to some of my star students to get into their head to understand how they see the problem instead of marketing based off of assumptions that I've made that may or may not be correct. Because the alternative to creating a solution in response to a problem that your clients actually have is the option to create a product in a vacuum. So instead of asking for feedback, you create your offer with just your own thoughts and feedback as content to pull from. And whether or not you are your own ideal client, you are the expert and it is hard to step outside of that area of expertise to see a problem with fresh eyes. In his book, This is Marketing, Seth Godin says that creating an offer without seeking feedback from your target audience is the same thing as creating a key and then running around searching for a lock that it could fit in instead of finding an existing lock and fashioning a key in response. We have to have input from our target audience in order to create a product or a service that meets the needs they actually have And in doing so, you're going to build confidence in your pitch because you know that your key is a perfect fit for their locked door. Once you've spoken to your ICA, you then need to drill your description of a target client into a one to two paragraph summary and keep that somewhere that's easy to find like a Google Doc. My designer forced me to do this when we were working on the visual branding for the podcast, and it's something that we teach in my mini course, Branding Foundations, which is a combination of part textbook, part workbook, walking you through the tenets of building a strong brand. There's a brand manual section in the back that compiles your answers from the previous chapters. And keeping something like that as a doc, keeping that on hand is not only helpful when you personally need to be reminded or maybe recalibrated or realigned with your own brand, but it's also super handy when you're working with a designer or onboarding a team member or trying to train somebody how to write in your brand voice. We've actually had a couple of our own brand clients work through branding foundations and then send over their completed brand manual to help me prep for their brand shoot. It's been really fun. And a fringe benefit that I hope this process will show you is that as what is ordinary to you is extraordinary to them. You probably take your abilities with a camera for granted because you're so used to looking at your own work and the work of your competitors or your peers. And talking to your target client will remind you that your photographs help make their work lives easier and their brands more visually cohesive. You help them connect via their brand photos with their own target audience in a way that they cannot do on their own. 
Shift number two that you have to make is to understand your prospective client actually wants to be sold to. This quote from Darnielle Gervais Harmon has stuck with me ever since I heard her speak at a conference in February. She said, when, and she actually said, repeat after me, when I sell, it serves humanity. If your clients have a real problem and you have a real solution, there is honor in letting them know that you can help. The unique set of gifts that you carry are not meant to terminate on you. You were given those gifts to serve those around you. So what good is the gift of, let's say, a beautiful voice if you only ever sing for yourself? Music is most enjoyed when it's shared. Like how mad would fans be if they found out that Taylor Swift had an entire catalog of new songs that had been written and recorded and produced and were like ready to go, but that she'd been keeping to herself because she didn't want to bother anybody about asking them to buy her music. Like if you're a Swifty, you know what a joy it is to go out and buy her new album. I mean, I say go out and buy her new album. You just do it from your phone. You just sit at home. But if you had tickets to her era store, you probably felt lucky to be there. And then during the show, you felt elated to simply be in the same room as her. It had been five years since her last tour, and I'm sure her diehard fans were dying for her to announce a new tour. So when she finally did, they weren't bothered by the fact that she was asking for ticket sales. They were only too happy to hand over their credit card. You don't have to have a following like Taylor in order to realize that using your gifts to help solve problems that others cannot solve for themselves is a respectable way to make a living. We had some plumbing issues a few months ago that required calling a professional twice out to our 150-year-old farmhouse for a problem that we had tried and failed to solve on our own. And I was grateful that there was a professional who could help us because I was tired of worrying that the bathroom was going to overflow every time the toilet was flushed. So in that moment, I wasn't annoyed that someone was selling to me. I was grateful that they had a skill that matched up with the problem that we were experiencing. This one's also straight from my notes from Darnielle's talk. If you are on a call with a client, they are already considering you as a potential solution to the problem that they're having. Unless you con them into a discovery call, they want to be there. They want you to help them solve their problem. And they most likely already believe that you can help them. Sales call is just an opportunity for you to demonstrate your expertise, to affirm that they were correct to contact you, and to show them what next steps would look like if they do book with you. Shift number three is that you must be confident in the quality of your services. When you are confident about the product, the brand photographs that you offer, that translates into sales. So first question, are you confident about your services? If not, let's start there. Is your confidence, your lack of confidence due to maybe low self-esteem? Because if so, I can totally resonate with that. I had some crippling insecurity that led to some really dumb choices as a teenager through my early 20s because at my core, I just plain did not believe that I was smart. I did not believe that I was worthy of being treated with respect. And I will be straight with you, the only thing that fixed that was giving my life to Jesus and learning to see that I have value because he made me. My low self-esteem was the product of years of looking to others to affirm my value instead of looking to the one who made me. But sometimes a lack of confidence isn't due to personal insecurity. Sometimes it's a nagging feeling that your offer isn't as good as it could be or that something's missing from the promise that you're making to your clients about how you can help them. So let me ask you this. How many testimonials do you have from clients who are obsessed with what you created for them? How much feedback have you had that the brand photos you produced resulted in real change for someone's business? 
In other words, when you promise someone that their brand photos will elevate their brand overall, do you have proof that it actually does that? Because for me, if I don't have validation that an offer works, I feel really insecure in selling it because that means making promises that I don't know for sure I can keep. And that's enough to make me not want to sell because in that scenario, selling feels kind of deceitful. Like, please give me your money to provide a service that might maybe work, possibly. (laughs) On the other hand, when you have a proven process that yields results, and when you're confident that your services are effective, selling becomes a heck of a lot easier because you actually believe in what you're selling. You believe in the product. You know that you can help this client. And so selling is simply a matter of demonstrating how your services are the solution to the problem the client has. If you're a brand photographer and your lack of sales confidence is stemming from the fact that you're not actually confident in the product you deliver, Brand Photography Academy can help you with that. I am as confident as I can be that it'll teach you how to deliver standout results every time. I don't feel gross selling BPA or our lighting course, Lighting the Brand Session, because those courses are really good. We spend a lot of time collecting feedback from students and then polishing the material in response to what they asked for. And I know that when someone purchases and makes their way through Brand Photography Academy, they will be a more creative, more effective brand photographer on the other side. If you want more details on BPA, head to abbygrace.co slash BPA to see the course sales page. We would love to see you inside the program because as my students have told us over and over, it is the best of its kind. And I don't feel weird saying that here. And I would say that to someone I met just off the street if they told me that they were looking to grow as a brand photographer because I know the product works. Same thing with brand photography. I know I'm really dang good at what I do. So when I sell on a sales call, it's because the client has expressed they have a problem and I know that I have the solution that would help them remedy the problem that's causing pain or frustration. It's like if you're sitting in your kitchen and your friend walks in and says, oh, I have this huge headache. I wish that there was something that could be done about that. And you know you have a bottle of Excedrin in the medicine cabinet. Would you feel weird about offering them the Excedrin? No, they have a problem and you have a potential solution. The biggest reason we get weird about selling when we know that we have a solution to someone else's problem is because money is involved. But you have to remember that people are happy to hand over their dollars when they truly believe that it's going to fix their problem. If you get weird about the money part, they will taste your insecurity. I promise I'm speaking from experience here. But your confidence is also contagious. Your confidence tells the client, I do know what I'm talking about. I have a proven process that's worked for others, and I feel confident it'll work for you too. You need to then be able to explain the value of your product, what purpose it serves, and how it will make your client's life better as a result. If you can't explain it, others are not going to do that for you. Knowing your own marketing argument is crucial. Guys, we hired a copywriter. Actually, Ashlyn Carter, she's one of my favorite clients. She's the OG copywriter for creatives. And we hired her to write sales copy for us on that course that I told you I pitched at the top of this episode. Um, It was like the third or fourth time that we had uh, launched the course and we hired Ashlyn to do the copywriting for um, the launch sequence. And when I was sitting there trying to fill out her questionnaire, talking through my sale, like my marketing argument, I almost couldn't do it because I had created that course 
in a vacuum. It was a good course, but I could not articulate my own sales argument and I hated selling that course. We eventually sunsetted the course, which means we took it offline. It's not available anymore. Um, and it was because I had a hard time articulating why someone should buy it. I knew it was good, but I couldn't tell you why and that made me feel disingenuous about selling. When you do not believe in your own product or you don't believe in your own marketing argument or you don't have a marketing argument, sales becomes a hundred times harder. So knowing your own marketing argument is crucial. You have got to be able to explain your offer and why it's valuable. And I would add to that with brevity, got to be able to do it quickly. You have to be able to explain what it can do to meet the needs or the desires of your target audience, which going back to point number one means you have to know the needs and desires of your target audience, not just what you think they need, what they have told you they need. What gap does your product or service fill in the market? What is it going to help your clients do that they haven't been able to do up until now? How is it going to make their life or their work easier, more simple? How is it going to give them time back to do the parts of their job that only they can do? Again, this is why it is so important to talk to real people when you're drawing up an ideal client avatar. They will be able to tell you in their own words why they need what you do. And knowing that the problem you're able to solve is based on real problems that other humans are currently experiencing will help boost your confidence when you're selling to new clients because you're not trying to trick them into buying something they don't need as a favor to you. You are simply demonstrating that your services are the answer to the question they've been asking. If you take nothing else away from this episode, I need you to remember that selling is a service, not a sin. When you know your target audience and you understand their needs and you're confident in the service that you offer and how it solves the problem they're experiencing, you can sell from a place of certainty, not self-consciousness. If you haven't already, we would love to invite you to check out Brand Photography Academy. The link for that one more time is abbygrace.co slash BPA. Inside the course, we actually have a consult roadmap, which serves as kind of an instruction manual for sales calls. And I have loved hearing our students' success stories with that tool. Something I touched on earlier in the episode, walking your clients through your proven process, that is a game changer for sales calls. I have about a 90% close rate on sales calls, and that particular step of the consult roadmap is a big factor. Coming up in the next episode, we'll be talking about adapting your style for the sake of creative integrity. We'll be dissecting how teamwork and humility are essential ingredients for brand photography based on lessons I learned while recording vocals for an upcoming single our worship team is releasing. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and head over to abbygrace.co slash podcast for even more resources to help you blow your clients away at your very next brand shoot. I'm Abby Grace, and I'll see you next time. Now, let's go get after it, shall we?